On this episode of The View from Jamestown, we have our AFPM 2023 recap, talking about all the meetings we had in San Antonio, what's happening with current economic trends and price trends, what's happening with oil and gas, and a freight update from our partners at the logistics company. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 88. This is our March slash April post AFPM episode, and we got the full game this morning. We got TCC President Rob Roach. What up? Inside Sales Manager Nicole Greenberg. Hello. VP of Sales and Marketing AJ Petrarca. Good morning. And Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Good morning, Betty. I like the little uh, little little hello after each name. Yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> How you guys doing? We've done this before, Ben. Once upon, <laughs> once or twice, or actually 88, 88, 88 times. <laughs> we're, we're being specific. How you guys doing? I'm just wondering, like, now that we're so popular, I'm getting a little nervous doing this, you know, hearing all the feedback from, you know, AFPM and the coding show and all these things, everybody watching our podcast, it's it's making me a little nervous. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, we all got the TCC logos on today. Correct. I, I didn't sure even plan do. that. I have to send a reminder. It just <laughs> makes makes me proud. Isn't it nice when that all I'm works not, out? I'm like, a proud, I'm like a proud parent today. It's awesome. <laughs> um... But yeah, we are back. It is early April, so we got kind of a March-April combo episode. Um, obviously, most of us back from the AFPM in San Antonio a couple weeks ago now. Um, but obviously, I know the big, big focus this morning just kind of recapping how those conversations went, what the general mood of the AFPM is. I think overall, it was very well attended. I think, do you know what we end up with meetings? Oh, it was to, well over a hundred. Yeah. Well over, I probably in the one twenty, ish meeting range. I know that there were a lot added in as we were at AFPM too. So uh, yep. yeah, very much uh, packed schedule. Packed I know schedule. we were real busy, but I heard sentiment from other folks that AFPM in general wasn't that well attended. Did you guys yeah. hear anything around that? No. No? No. Well, like I, I didn't make it to the River Center at all, but they said like River Center wasn't as packed and busy as It wasn't as, as packed. Uh, that was my spot. Uh, and it wasn't that packed as other years. But yeah. it, was, it was a lot of people. But Grand Hyatt... Same, same kind of deal, but it wasn't that busy. It used to be busy. 2019 mm -hmm. was busy, definitely. Okay. Hmm. Maybe it's just the way that the meetings are happening now. They're more spread out across. There's more hotels, I think. Mm -hmm. And yep. obviously, there's a Grand Hyatt was added maybe eight years ago, and that became the center point for AFPM. So maybe it's just that there's more private meetings elsewhere. I was I was going to say most of our meetings, with the exception of Javi, um, were at our hotel. So but there was also that emails that came out, you know, saying you need to book, you know, at the hotels that you get the, dis you know, the, the discount. The room block and all that right. stuff. So yep. they were obviously seeing less people book yep. at the room. I mean, San Antonio is a great city for, you know, any conference because there's just so many options on hotels so you can literally get a $30 room you know in that area at a you know at a basic hotel or you could get a you know suite for thousands of dollars if you want to so maybe that's a, a little impact yeah there's so many hotels and restaurants in such a compact area I couldn't imagine the FPM being anywhere else it's such a unique I know city for it sure is I was in Dallas once and that didn't go as well I don't think and then they were threatening New Orleans and then COVID hit and so I'm happy with San Antonio. So yeah. definitely, New Orleans would have been a mess. <laughs> <laughs> they have it on Bourbon Street. Yeah, <laughs> people would be getting robbed. And <laughs> that, that, that'd be an AFM to remember. That's oh, for it sure. Would, it would be. It would be. 
Yeah, well, I'm sad it didn't happen. I think it would have been interesting. I don't know that it would have been... Uh, interesting for who? Effective. No. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, it would have been effective, but it would have been interesting. Um, Javi, I'll start with you. Yes. I saw you just finished your uh, AFPM call report. It was very impressive. I did it. I did it. I did yeah. it finally. Yep. Uh, so I know you met with a lot of our... International. Uh, international suppliers, yeah. customers, contacts. What was the general mood and feeling from a lot of people uh, uh, abroad? Abroad, people are looking into the U.S. a lot. I think it's a strong market at the moment and probably the strongest around the world. So people are looking to cut deals, uh, extend their distribution uh, agreements in the U.S. because the, the U.S. is very solid. So everywhere, Latin America, Korea, Turkey, everyone is looking at the U.S. So they're open for business and willing to do more and more here because the netbacks are better uh, in the U.S. than other, other places around the world. So. So people people like us. People want to do business with us, and and I think we we did a great job at the at the FPM. Uh, I mean, showing ourselves. So I think that was good. But the consensus is, people want to do business in the U.S. You know, that's that's the, that's the people want to move product, stock product, and uh, move it here. And it seems like a lot of people are open to you know it's definitely becoming more of a buyer's market. People are open to. New opportunities for us to supply in Latin yes. America as well. Yeah, yeah, Latin America is also it's, it's Latin America is a small market, but still, still is is new for some some countries like Korea, Turkey, India. They're not very active like China is, but uh, but yeah, I mean, open for business. Yeah, yeah, it seems like we had a lot of conversations, and it was almost unanimous stuff. You know, off twenty thirty percent, but. I think there easily could have been a doom and gloom aspect to that, but people were mostly upbeat. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, things are not great, but things are not horrible either. Things are okay. So, so think people. I think the mood was fine. People were content with how the business is going. Yeah. Uh, I think people are willing to do more exports out of the U.S. and uh, people want to move more product into the U.S. But I think the mood was all right. I mean, no, nobody was very doom and gloom or negative, Nancy. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of trying to figure out, you know, do you compare stuff to 2021 and 22, or do you look more to like 2018 and 2019 no, type your, numbers? Your, your and... benchmark should be 2019. Yeah. I mean, if you're comparing for those two years, I mean, that's right. Yeah, your benchmark is 2019, so that's what we should be comparing to. Yeah, and obviously, as you mentioned, we had a big uh, big presence. We had our golf outing, and cocktail party was well attended. I know we had a lot of feedback specifically on the podcast of the cocktail party, so certainly appreciate that, and it was a, a great event to see a lot of people in a short period of time. It was, it was. All my amigos were there. Oh, yeah. we know. <laughs> There's the, 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 the Latam corner, right, strategically next to the bar. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> it's a good thing there were two bars, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, but yeah, no, dedicated it, for those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it was great to see everyone. I, I think uh, over the last, that was our largest attendance um, for the golf and cocktail party in the last three years. So it was great to see that at least everyone's getting out um, and really ramping up and, and it's nice to put names to faces. I know that was a big thing is the uh, just us seeing even on an international basis, right? Europeans, you had Asia in attendance this time um, mm. where we haven't seen that in the last couple of years. So it was, it was nice to, to see everyone. Yeah, I feel like the number of times, especially the cocktail party, like we had a couple of folks that, you know, Carrie and Caitlin that don't always come but came this year and you know, you start, you say, oh, hi, I'm Caitlin. And then you'd see the light bulb go off. Like you knew each other via email, but like, yep. oh, that, you're that person. And you just put a name to a face. It was the number of times I saw that happen was, was funny. It's, it's the, the smile that goes across people's faces. Yeah. It's, it's second to none. It's like, oh my gosh, they just light up. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, AJP, 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you concur with all that? Any any additional thoughts? I know you obviously deal a lot more with some of our U.S. suppliers and customer base. So I mean, what was kind of the general mood from a lot of your meetings and big takeaways from? Um, same week? thing. I mean, business is off. You know, for for most people, I didn't I didn't see many uh, people talking about how good business is right now. But again, like like you mentioned, I think it's maybe back to back to normal levels. You know, I think everybody was riding high on these last two years, and um, I think. The people that were panicking a little, panicking a little bit, are the folks that made capital investments yep. um, recently on projected, you know, you know, big projected volumes, and that's not coming to fruition now. So there's a little bit of panic uh, amongst those folks. But um, yeah, overall, it was good. You know, a good, a good meeting, and uh, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see where it goes. A lot of uncertainty about where, you know, what lies ahead. You know, yep. some people are talking about maybe it'll get better. You know, pick up starting to pick up in Q4 or something like that. But you know, we'll yep. see. Yeah, you survived some of those, you know, those 715 breakfast meetings. Yeah, yeah. That's how, I, I told you the schedule was packed, okay? There was only so much I could do, so many hours in the day. I watched but. my schedule progress. It was like, it started at 10 a.m., 9 a.m., 8 a.m., then 7.15. I'm yep. like, Nicole, all right, I, I gave you 15 off. minutes. I, I was like, you know, it's funny, that 7.15 a.m. breakfast meeting, Carrie and I were going out for a walk on the river walk. And I think oh, I was, this is the best. I was sitting there in the dark by myself at this restaurant. Outside, it was dark outside. I'm like, what am I doing here? And all of a sudden, I was like, AJ. He's like, you scared me. I'm like, well, you know, that's, hey, Early bird gets the worm, right? Yeah. Wow. I was, yeah. I was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, is Whataburger over open 24 hours 24 a day? Hours at Whataburger ah, is open okay. 24 hours. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Javi's been there in each of the 24 hours. <laughs> He's made some big deals there, too. <laughs> in each of the 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, like, like mobsters have Italian restaurants and Javi's got Whataburger to, to, <laughs> to make deals. Uh, I, I did add the Whataburger to my uh, San Antonio guide yep. just so that for yep. future, we all smack right there. Yeah, Nicole sent a text one morning at 6 a.m. like, hey, we're going to go for a walk if anybody wants to. And AJ's like, I'm going to walk to breakfast in 45 <laughs> minutes. <'cause... laughs> hey, you know, you got to gotta stay with it. Why uh, not? Yeah, it was a packed, pa packed schedule, as AJ can attest to. And uh, yeah, it was a good week. It was a good week. Um Thinking ahead to, uh, so it's early April now, um, thinking about kind of what different things are doing, oil, gas, what propylene's doing, and, and kind of price trends. Um, I guess before we get into that, I mean, Rob, I know obviously you were unfortunately unable to attend this AFPM and kind of watched from afar with meeting reports and what was happening and stuff like that. What, what was your big takeaway from uh, what you saw from the conversations and meeting reports and all that yeah, fun second, stuff? Yeah, second AFPM I've missed in 25 years, so uh, first was birth of my now 20 year old son who he, he was born on March 14th so I missed that AFPM and then now unfortunately we had a loss uh, in the family and, and a funeral on Sunday and Monday which is really the heart of the AFPM but really proud of the team and you know and the results and you know I was you know we had group chats going I, I was up to date and making comments and you know just you know really didn't even need to be there you guys did such a great job um and uh, but really missed seeing uh, all my friends and and partners and everything and and seeing the team at work. But um, I I just got to thank everybody because they really just stepped up. You know, uh, with Nick and I not being there, Nick was going to come too. He hasn't been down, I don't know, four or five years at least. And he was planning to come down because we had some events that that we really wanted him to attend, and he was unable to come too. But. Um, but no, looking at everything, um, you know, post meeting and and hearing all, you know, I concur with uh, everything that you know they they summarized it very very well. I mean, it's 
reality has set back in and, and exactly what AJ said with, uh, you know, the massive amount of CapEx that's been spent based on our independence in gas and oil and now no export market. It's kind of a scary uh, situation to where really what we're going to see driving the next couple of years is rationalization. So, and there's going to be rationalization here. There's going to be rationalization for high costs in Europe. It's already happening. And the other point that I might make uh, that sort of surmised from the meetings is that China really has not come back. And why is that? And I'm kind of, you know, they don't have an export market to the United States any longer uh, as much, you know, with the tariff and now a trade war, economic war. And we've even had recent problems with imports due to the Uyghur region, which is, an again, part of this whole dynamic of a Sino-U.S. relations failing, you know. And uh, so if they don't have an export market to the biggest consuming economy, they're not going to roar back to life. And yeah. and the Uyghur thing is a bigger picture of, you know, you saw in the news this morning, Saudi Arabia and Iran brought together by China. They're not doing that because they want them to be friends. They want, they're doing that because they want to run a pipeline across Iran from Saudi Arabia to China for oil. And the United States is doing this whole Uyghur thing because they don't want that to happen. And they're trying to, and it's going to go obviously across, you know, West China. So anyway, not trying not to get too much into the weeds of it, but um, overall, um, really proud of everybody and, and the results of the AFPM. And uh, it sounds like uh, I missed a great time. It was a good time. It was a good time. Um, thinking about, I guess, kind of pricing and what's happening for this month seems like kind of more of the same. Stuff's been pretty flat, it seems like. Um, you know, oil and gas have kind of stayed in similar levels, obviously down from some of the highs that we saw earlier in the year, but have kind of been flat for the past couple weeks or, or month. Um, so I think we're seeing pricing mostly flat on a lot of things. Yeah, I would say so. There was a little surprise OPEC cut. Uh, I guess what surprised a few um, bumped uh, oil back up into the WTI crude into the low 80s and Brent in the mid 80s. Um, and it hasn't really moved from there too much uh, yet. Uh, but uh, overall, yeah, I would say other than import pressure, you know, which is, is six to eight weeks out and would impact your um, future um, if, if things do get changed and the dynamics change, it might impact your availability from your domestic or readable supplier. Um, yeah, the import pressures are there. I mean, as, as Javi eloquently mentioned, you know, the, all these different regions are very interested because their demand is, is very low uh, as well. So uh, less demand, um, import pressure, and and, uh, and, and, the, and there's still that, you know, mix of, um, you know, propylene being high and it's not really in natural gas very low, oil creeping up, you know, benzene creeping up behind oil. Yep. So there's a, a lot of dynamics going on to keep an eye on, but uh, with... Um, a muted demand, it's it's it, it's going to keep muted pricing. Yeah, and obviously, Javi, you do a lot with our import stuff, so I'm sure you've seen maybe some more interest in what prices look like kind of yes. six, eight weeks out. Yeah, people are planning planning and seeing, seeing what's going to happen, and it's tough to buy when things are flat coming down, so it just, it's, it's a mix. It's yeah. a mix depending depending which industry, but yeah, imports are seem to be up, coming. They're, they're on the way. And shipping soon as well. Yep. 
Um, and I think looking at maybe some specific kind of types of customers or industries, you know, I think one of the more interesting insights that we heard in a couple of different meetings were, um, you know, specific to kind of the wire and cable industry with construction and telecommunication wire, people may be pushing out orders, waiting for the infrastructure bill to come into place to, uh, I guess, have some rebates and things like that once that bill gets signed. So kind of an interesting insight into why demands may be either slower or maybe being pushed out because people want to wait for some of those discounts. So it's always interesting thinking about the different things like that wouldn't necessarily be something I would attribute to wire and cable demand, but it is, and it, it ties it all together. So it's, it's always interesting kind of seeing the different things that are going on that are you know, directly impacting you know our business, and I'm sure people that are that are listening to this. Yeah, whenever you depend on the government, there's always delays and never goes right. So you know, but that's really the highlights right now is defense, unfortunately, and infrastructure. You know, uh, materials. Yep. In terms of if you're looking at you know stock prices as as we reviewed yesterday with our 401k provider, which makes sense. I mean, and we're seeing uh, any of our defense. Uh, you know, customers high demand, and uh, and materials still having pretty solid demand that should increase with the uh, the spending, in the U.S. government, the infrastructure bill. So uh, need it at this point. You know, we need things to start popping. Yep. Any specific uh, types of customers or highlights you guys uh, took away from AFPM, or kind of a lot of the same across really all the different industries. A lot of the same. Yeah. There's not much. You know, like I said, there's not not many glimmers of of a whole lot of hope right now you know it's a, a lot of the same i think everyone's pretty far off even things that you think wouldn't be off like fertilizer demand is, is off for yep. some reason this year you know um i think just with everything being so expensive and coming down it wasn't you know wasn't as big of a, of a spring season as as typical you know but um yeah so a lot of the same i guess it's a good point you're probably kind of right in the middle of or maybe even kind of past you know, demand for fertilizer products of some of the stuff that you manage. So that's been a little bit slow as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's definitely the end of the spring season now because the spring season bias typically, you know, December, January, February is yep. when most of the, most of the transaction deals happen. So it's, you know, pretty much the end of the spring season yep. here now. Yep. Been very wet too. Yep. Been rainy. I thought, I thought, you know, actually, you know, before we get off the AFPM, I thought your comments the other day of how you were asking a lot of people about sustainable and bio products and their interest in that. I thought that some of those comments were pretty interesting, you know, that, you know, that you, you and I talked about the other day. Yeah. You get two kind of baskets of thought and it's interesting. You talk to, you know, some of our direct customers that are producing things. Um, and then you ask them about their further down customers or even some of our producing partners, you know, everyone's kind of has these sustainability plans and thoughts and trying to produce sustainable plasticizers or sustainable raw materials and things like that. And that's all good and great. There's a lot of those conversations happening. It's great that producers are looking at these sustainable products. But then you talk to downstream customers and there's either people aren't asking for it yet. And if they are asking for it, they're not willing to pay the 20, 40, 60% upcharge for it. So right. it's it's interesting hearing the two different people, you know, on the producer side, they're, yeah, we're doing this. We're coming out with this, this sustainably produced plasticizer. It's up to whatever percent bio-based or whatever the case is but it costs 40 cents more, which nobody talks about. And there's right. just not enough demand. No, you know, no one's at the end of the day, it all comes down to dollars and cents and no one's willing to, to, to pay that. So right. until that Delta, I think closes, I'm sure everyone would love to use more sustainably produced and, you know, efficient materials, but until the day that it's basically on par or even cheaper, it's not going to catch on. It's kind of the mood we got or the, the feeling we got. Yeah, and it's I think also, we're, you know, our industry is the best ones to bring that forward and we're, we're struggling with it because we're, 
you know, we're competing with, uh, you know, uh, raw materials, you know, veg oils and things like that that go into fuels where the demand is so much higher. So I didn't mean to inter- interrupt you, AJ, but that's, you know, it's, it, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think for end users, it's difficult because sustainability is kind of a gray term in itself. Like they can't put a stamp on their end product saying right. this is sustainable, right? Like it's a, I don't know, everybody has a different definition of what sustainable means and what it is. It's not a, like if, you know, something that's certified as bio-based, you can have a, you know, bio-based label on it. But right. sustainability, it's a very... Yeah. Very gray term. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You, you hear it thrown out there a lot. Yep. Everyone, it's it's a buzzword right now. Sustainability. Yeah. Everyone talks about it, but what does it actually mean for what you're doing? Well, and we fit such a niche, like, I forget where it was, but someone had a picture of a, an oil barrel and it broke it up. You know, that's 100% of the oil usage and you break it up by like how much the chemical industry uses versus like fuels. You know, fuels is like 63% or something. The chemical industry is down here at like 4%. People right. talk about like using less oil for stuff. Let's look at, you know, like you said, like aviation fuels and car fuels. Like, let's look at that part of it rather than, you know, our little sliver down here. Like, you go 100% sustainable. Okay, you save 3% of, you know, fossil fuels. So it's thinking about sustainability and the fact of like, you know, where is most of that actually being used and where can you make the most impact? And it's, I mean, we'll obviously do the best we can and work with our producing partners and drive demand for it. But, you know, what's actually going to make a big impact? Well, we've got our friends at the logistics company coming on to talk freight a little bit. I think, you know, maybe briefly on our side, I'm, I'm sure we've seen obviously the fuel surcharge is coming down, which is good news. Obviously, capacity, I think, has improved a bit, which isn't necessarily surprising since things are a bit slow. But, you know, I think trucking has been relatively smooth recently, knock on wood. I think we've had good luck, especially with some of the more difficult long, long haulage we've tried to deal with and things like that. seems like stuff's been a little bit better. Yeah, it's been great, which isn't a great indicator of demand. <laughs> Prices are low and there's yeah. plenty of availability, which isn't a great indicator. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, we'll give it over to, uh, to the logistics company for a more in-depth freight update. Morning, gentlemen. How you guys doing? Morning, Ben. Morning, Ben. How's everything going? Pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah. All things considered, you know, especially in the freight world. Jamie, yeah. you agree? <laughs> yeah, it, it's going. It's yeah. going. It's going. It is. Uh, it is early April. Joe, we're also post AFPM uh, back from San Antonio. It was a busy week. Was your second, third, fourth? AFPM? Uh, third. And they've kind of gradually gotten busier and busier. So this was by far the busiest one that I've yep. had so far. I believe it. I believe it. Um, you know, I'm sure. <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of the conversations you had with folks were similar to what we had seen, but. Curious to get your two cents on things, you know, both from kind of the upstream, you know, trucker, warehouse, you know, kind of partner side of things and then the customer side of things. So maybe starting with kind of the upstream side of things, what was the general kind of mood and conversations you had about your partners down there? Yeah. Uh, so had quite a few meetings with um, some partner carriers, um, warehousing, repackaging um, folks. Um, I think a lot of what we're hearing uh, from the carrier side is there's a lot of opportunities out there. They're very hungry. I think um, over the past two years, they've realized that things were just completely out of whack. So um, we're starting to see things come drastically down to earth right now. So um, took a look at a lot of the pricing strategies that they've employed and and see if there's some opportunities to potentially win back some business, um, whether it's spot or published. Um, Warehousing on that side, still extremely um, tight, to be honest with you. We're, We're hearing... Uh, a lot of projects um, being taken on that might have, you know, within the past 
quarter or two were slow to, you know, kind of get rolling with the uncertainty of where the markets are. I think people are now um, headed towards a sense of optimism and um, a lot of these warehousing repackaging, repackaging facilities are looking to expand their facilities, just knowing full well they're pretty much at capacity right now. So if they're turning opportunities away, when things do start really finally open wide up uh, again, then they might not be in on any of those opportunities if they don't have the space to fulfill those needs. So you're saying warehouses are like full? We're here at, well, from most of our partner facilities. Yeah, yeah. The, the the space is either spoken for, um, there's incoming uh, material. Um, yeah. they're, they're not necessarily looking to take on too much more at this point. Um, but, you know, I think that's where you're starting to see a lot of the, um, the, the projects that they're looking to either expand um, to sure. a different region altogether that they may not have a footprint in um, or expand their existing space if, if the, the space is there. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Like I was at, I was doing an audit at one of our warehouses in the fall and stuff had, was kind of slow at this time. So you'd think like warehouses would be slow, but it's kind of the opposite. Like stuff gets slow, the warehouses is filled to the brim because yeah. people just aren't taking the stuff that they've brought in or stuff slows down and it's, right. it's kind of the opposite of what you know we're seeing like i'm sure when stuff's really really busy materials moving in the warehouse all of a sudden a little quieter so it's it's kind of the inverse yes and on the customer side um we're hearing again a lot of optimism Uh, i think again when you meet with a lot of salespeople and put them all together (laughs) when when times are tough there's only optimism to talk about um but in reality uh i think everybody kind of knows we're we're in thin times right now and um we, we, we can't stay here forever. So yeah. things got, naturally have to start picking back up again. Um, when you look at, you know, the housing market and what that's potentially going to be doing within the next month or two, that should kickstart a lot of um, things moving again. So, yeah. or hopefully will. So I assume on the customer side, you probably switch from competition based on who has availability to move which lanes to who can do it for the most economical Absolutely. That side of things. Absolutely. This is the perfect time to bring all of those opportunities to the forefront to really challenge these carriers to come with their best pricing possible because we yeah. know that this isn't even six or seven months ago when, right. when everything was um, still pretty tumultuous. Yep. And Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> On the operations side of things, obviously, I know you work very close with the rail side and or, you know, have your hand in kind of everything that TLC is doing on the operation side. How has things been with, you know, the rail lines? How has things been with actually getting, you know, LTL or truckloads moved? Has, have people been, you know, responsive or has it been difficult getting things, getting things done? I honestly, I think right now it's been, you know, pretty easy to get, you know, things done as far as, you know, tenders and things like that. Uh, for February and March, I, I think we saw a little bit of a dip even coming down. February was a little higher than we expected i think kind of across the market a little bit of a dip in march but it appears to already be rebounding a bit just to start april which is always a good sign um to joe's point of things can't stay where they are but i mean we're seeing you know high levels of tenders being covered low levels of rejections um the flatbed market is a little bit different on that just because it always is this time of year yep um but ltls truckloads i mean we run into the same, you know, operational failures that you see frequently with LTL, to be honest, and just throughout just normal things that happen. But aside from that, I think general coverages have been pretty good. Yep. Rail time has been pretty good overall, just, you know, delays here and there due to some of the events happening in the world. But yep. minor events. Yeah, there's been, uh, I was going to say, there's been some negative, you know, news coverage recently with, with some issues with the rail lines. Um 
obviously there's a, a lot of freight moved via rail every single day in the U.S. and obviously the highlights become some of the unfortunate accidents and incidents that happen. Um, but in general, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming rail is still a very viable mode of transportation. I'm sure it's been oh, a little bit yeah. easier to use with how kind of quiet the economy's gotten a little bit. So I'm sure it's still a very popular method of transportation. You guys are both talking with every day. Yeah, I would say that it definitely, to your point, a lot of the low lights are what get the publicity, unfortunately. I mean, with the amount of volume that gets moved by rail every day, it's really still small amounts that we're talking about in the news. But I mean, general rail freight has gone pretty well. Everything we, we, we haven't run into any issues at all. Um, I would say one thing that has happened in the market, and it's probably temporary for the most part, is that, you know, with the state of, you know, where truck prices are going, you know, truck prices being driven down, as Joe mentioned, uh, that has kind of turned around on some of like the transloading opportunities where, you know, we need to take another look at some of those yep. and just, you know, sharpen pencils where we can and just like the, the macro focuses when it comes to the rail and just, you know, different causes of yep. things changing. Yeah, I think even post AFPM, we're realizing that um, there's a lot more rail opportunities out there than um, a lot of people are really aware of. So uh, to Jamie's point, these events are making the news because of, you know, the, the, the widespread impact that they have in some of these communities. But right. I mean, the, the media coverage isn't there to kind of deliver how much product successfully made it on a daily basis, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been interesting, especially on our side, having customers with or conversations with customers. You know, they, they may be willing to pay an extra penny to get it by truck instead, just because it's a little bit easier of a mode of transportation versus dealing with the rail and the lead times and how much of a you know headache that can be sometimes. So that's kind of been an interesting shift versus obviously during COVID, you were wanting to get as much as you could as quickly as possible and as cheap as possible. So there's um, certainly been a bit of a shift on our side, and I'm sure you've seen it too, with maybe some slightly less interest in rail in some some cases. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see that continue to ebb and flow kind of, you know, with with everything else. I think, you know, the truck prices are coming back down. We'll see what the trajectory on that ends up doing. Um, I mean, if things pick back up, then, you know, it may start to head back the other way and some of the transload options and things may actually prove to still be viable. But, you know, there's a lot to still wait and kind of wait and see with that just to see how demand goes. Um, But, yeah, I mean, rail can still in a lot of cases can still deliver the amount of product you need. That, and it's still, if you can take a car in directly, that's probably the most economical way to do it. Absolutely. And, and quite honestly, it is reliable from the standpoint of you can still have that inventory sitting outside your building if you for, need it. For temporary storage. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Which and, we know people like to do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a viable and economical way to do it. Why yeah. not, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, one thing I was asking, fuel surcharges. I know fuel surcharges have been coming back down. I think it's like 32% this week. What is, what what should they be? Like, what what is normal fuel surcharges? Like, is it going to get to 5%? Like, so, like what is like the kind of the floor on so fuel this surcharges? Is, this is a real interesting one because, I mean, I remember going back a few years ago, we would see them in, I think, 2019, 2018. You know, we might have seen 17%. Yeah. Um, so we're still, you know, real high compared to that. Um you know, with some of the changes in oil production coming out of the Middle East now, I mean, who knows if, I know there's talk about oil prices going back up. Yeah. So, I mean, we could see fuel surcharge, you know, spike back up here a little bit. It's 
a little tough to predict right now. It hit. It's a shame because it started to level out yeah. quite a bit. Yep. Um, but it's just another. We're gonna have to take a look at where it goes. It's still, I would say, historically, it's on the higher side. Yep. And I don't know historically, like for a long time, we wouldn't even see the fuel charge fuel surcharge broken out. And you guys may do this to other customers too, where it's just, you know, we see, okay, here's your rate, and you don't really know what the fuel part of that is and then all of a sudden it spiked so quickly and was so volatile obviously that became an adder to a price so people are maybe wrapping their head around what it should be what normal is and yeah i think the past two years have definitely put a magnifying glass on a lot of what actually drives your freight yeah right and yeah. and what the actual economics that go into it and it's not and good then, or bad it's just understanding yeah. what drives Absolutely. things and, so from our perspective that's something where you know, the all-in price, you know, it's easier for customers to look at and just see their number and they don't have, there's no extra effort on them to, yep. you know, break that down into their economics of their orders. But at the same time, if, you know, we use the fuel surcharge, you know, involved in that, then it's, we're giving you the freight plus the fuel on it right. and kind of the way that we get it, to be quite honest. And in that it's, I think it's a little more transparent in some ways yeah, on very much this so. is actually... And, you know, to field the questions of like, well, why is this going up by $50 this week or something like that? Then that is kind of the quick, easy way of, well, this is where the fuel's going. And I mean, you can look at national average prices of gas and yep. diesel and you can look at oil prices and that's a good indicator of right. all of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's typically a pass along cost for a lot of yeah. carriers to customers in most cases. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think hopefully it continues to decrease we all like paying less at the pump right yep. it's not yep. anything we enjoy when you have to walk away and you're paying 20 percent more right week over week over week over week right yep. so yeah, it's boating season we need you to ask come on <laughs> yeah, exactly there you well, go joe jamie appreciate it good talking to you guys as Absolutely. always and uh we'll have you on another episode here soon sounds great right. thanks man thanks guys thanks moving on products uh demand seasonality and we talked about, about it a little bit kind of coming out of the spring uh fertilizer demand season obviously the weather's starting to warm up here, the uh, Rob's boat's back in the driveway, which is always a good indicator of the warm weather. Yeah. With a, one, one of the favorite, my favorite days of the year when the boat shows back up. It's like um, a, a little you know kid on Christmas. Yeah, you know it's warming up. It's always my boat. I get excited that it's here because um, it means the weather's warming up, which uh, which is good news. So maybe looking at some seasonal products um, coming up for the summertime. But um, I don't know what's been the hot products here recently. Anything? Stand out, Javi. What's keeping you? What's keeping you busy on your WhatsApp over there? Oh, my my WhatsApp. Uh, our food line products. Uh, we we're going actually. That's a segue. We're gonna go to the supply side east in a couple of weeks. But yeah, we I had a lot of conversations on citric, fumaric, malic. There's new producers coming into the U.S. Uh, for molten and and yeah. So it's so the food products. The glycerin has come down a lot. So I had a meeting with the our supplier from Brazil and yeah. So things are good. So the food products are are, are keeping me busy. First time at that show? First time at this yep. place? Yeah, it will yep. be me and Nicole walking the show. I heard small, it's not that big, but it should be good. It looks like solid attendees, and we're going to walk it. We're, we're, we won't exhibit, we just walk it, but it should be good. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, not many shows you can say that you've never been to. That's uh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, But you know what? We're constantly adding to the list, so why not, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to have an AFPM behind us, kind of start thinking about travel and some smaller shows that we do arguably maybe even some of the better shows we do even though they're on the smaller side of things so looking forward to some of those shows and some of the new ones not to pivot too much but i mean javi and aj you guys are going to to india 
Right. Next month. We are doing <laughs> May Epic this 15th? year. Right? May yep. 15th. May 15th. We're going to Delhi. Yep. Yeah, we'll be there. Los <laughs> <laughs> Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> I, think, I think AJ has some mixed, mixed mixed feelings about this. Every time I talk to AJ, it's like, yeah, we're going. You know, <laughs> We'll be there. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Be yeah. He's going to be with Javi, who's international guy. Yeah. He, you know? He's Mr. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide. I mean, so. yeah, but Javi can't control the 130 degree temperatures <laughs> that time yeah, of year. Yeah. Yeah. Javi's great to travel with it all, but you know. You know he'll have you on the concierge level, they'll have AC, he's smart about his travel, yeah. you know, exactly. so you're traveling with the right guy. Yep. I, I'm excited to hear, you You know, the feedback from that, because that's the first time we've attended a direct, direct, direct flight from JFK to Delhi too, 15 yep. hours, that's yeah. not bad. Not you know? so we, have, we have done the APIC before, it's but it's the first time in India, we have done it in Japan, yeah, oh, Taiwan, right, right. Taiwan okay. Korea. Yeah, oh, but yeah. this is the first time no, we've I mean, been India. in India. India yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't think it's ever been in India before. Uh, I don't it was think in so. Singapore. Singapore, yeah. Um, where else was it? Uh, but uh, yeah, they were, I think before COVID, it was supposed to go to, 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 to India now, you know, but it is, it is the, one of the hottest times of the year. I understand 130 is really hard to <laughs> but it's, a, it's a dry That's heat they say <laughs> well yeah so is vegas but you can't walk from hotel to hotel yeah. at their next yeah. door you know so and you don't want to play golf uh, you know oh we're not golfing no we're not golfing, golfing. <laughs> should, we get you, should, we get, should we get you those like vented like fishing shirts with the old tcc logo dude whatever you got i'll take yeah, it yeah. Tank, tank tops i mean <laughs> sun shirts those little hats tops. with the umbrella yeah. like, <laughs> the, the hottest I've been in was Dubai. It was one thirteen. Oh, so this tops that. Yeah, yeah this yeah. Is tops that. Wow. No. But because of Dubai, then at night it's like forty degrees. Isn't, yes. Isn't yeah, cold? Yeah, yeah. Super cold at night. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It, it's a big swing. Yeah. That, that, that's quite the delta. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll probably do another episode pre-APIC. So we'll get the preview and then we'll see. We'll make some predictions on the, the weather. We'll, we'll put a little weather report <laughs> right here for, for India next week. And have a green I'd screen bring some uh, Imodium, if I were you. Uh, <laughs> for Deli Belly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you guys, you guys just sound more and more excited as we're, as yeah. we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited. It's, it's going to be so foreign. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to see the culture and you know all that stuff. So I, I am excited to 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 go for sure. Yeah. Um, you too. Of course, I am. I am excited. Never been so. That's a another another to the list. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey and uh, and Delhi. <laughs> 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 Two foreign places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jersey is like its own country. You know, Nicole can attest to that. It's, oh, it's, uh, oh, it's a unique know. place. It's a, that it is. That it is. It's a caucus. Gotta love it. Um, <laughs> thinking a little bit about. Kind of the, the stock market a little bit. I know we talk, we usually touch on the stock market. Uh, obviously, the Feds continue to kind of increase rates. The stock market has quietly rebounded, as we heard this week in our 401k meeting, which was interesting. Um, heard some things this week with kind of the U.S. dollar being used or maybe potentially not being used and things like the oil trade. So some some interesting things happening in the kind of financial and stock markets that we'll see how they trickle down to business and demand and how the markets look here in the U.S. and optimism for the rest of the year. Yeah, the stock market typically knows before we do, and uh, I'll still stick with my prior um, statement that we've been in a recession since July mm -hmm. of last year. I mean, you know, after an absolutely rabid two years of demand, you're going to have a hangover, and we're in that hangover, and it's just, 
lasted longer than I expected. I expected it to end and and I expected China to ramp up and come back, uh, you know, in January or after the, 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 the Lunar New Year there. And it really hasn't. And, uh, and it's extended. But um, the stock market is seeing some gains, especially in the sectors we talked about, you know, defense, uh, materials. Materials would include chemical companies and things like that. So, um, yeah, you know, if, um, if I was to predict that some – from here, I'd see a slowing to the rate hikes, maybe one more, and that is really what impacted the stock market and and overall demand. Because I mean, every time you hike interest rates, it affects uh, people buying houses and cars and things like that. So I think they're going to slow that. They're in a pickle right now because OPEC cutting, you know, the oil is has raised the cost of of oil considerably, and they want to fight inflation. That's their big thing and the reason for the interest rate hikes. So um, I'm hopeful that we're gonna temper uh, any future rate hikes, and that will mean that uh, maybe things will, will go uh, a little better. But I'm more concerned about geopolitical right now globally yep. and what's going on with uh, a new arms race and, and what's happening with war, as I've said before. Until we confront war, um, you know, all things are going to be off the table, you know, and, uh, and unfortunately that's not getting better at this point. Well, you had an interesting thought the other day too, I think, which, you know, you talk about World War Three and being at war. Like, yeah, we're not shooting at each other, but there's very much. We are in an economic and cyber war right yeah. now with with Russia, with China, and uh, you know, obviously, what happened yesterday with the Taiwanese president coming to L.A. Now they're going to give retribution. I mean, it's, like a, it's, it's a big, big chess game. You what's do this happening with our containers here. that are arriving from China and they're getting stopped and sent back because of the Uyghur region? Yeah. I mean, you know that. I mean, it's. It, to me, I think about that. I think about the Uyghurs and I think about the Native American Indians. I mean, like we're casting shade on China for something that we've done too. I mean, you know, so it's just, it's not, that we're not trying to do it from from having a full heart for the Uyghur people. We're doing this as, you know, as a, as a pawn, you know, and I, I don't know. So I've got a lot of strong feelings about what's going on in the world and concern, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and so does a, you know, I'm, a lot of people have that concern right now. So geopolitical is going to drive us for the next, until we fix things. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about a little bit, um, some of the raw materials and indicators, obviously, uh, oil and gas have stayed relatively flat, you know, down from the highs that they were at, maybe trickling back up a little bit to start this week, but mostly flat benzene's trailed down a bit. Ammonia has trailed down a bit. Uh, propylene, it was an eight cent increase last week. So that's, trending back upwards, but then you hear spot coming back down. So stuff's a little bit all over the place, mostly, mm. mostly flat. You know, the NASDAQ was up a little bit, the Dow was down a little bit. So stuff's been, seems flat is the kind of general consensus on a lot of things. Range bound is what I'd call it. Yeah. 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 Interesting times. A lot of money is flowing out of the stock market and into things like treasury bills, CDs, gold. Uh, the, yeah. Gold, the stock market. I mean, uh, banks have been under a lot of pressure. I mean, the SVB thing. We talked a little bit about that. I mean, you know, uh, how naive they are to take a 10-year position thinking that interest rates will never move. Um, you know, th those of us that got mortgages at 2.2%. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> we were talking about get it. We, we had meetings about it in our, in our staff meetings. Get this money. It's free. It's yep. not going to last forever. Yep. So now it's seven eight percent. If you want to take a loan for to buy a house, I mean, yep. sounds like a lot, but that was my first loan. I thought it was great. You know, I thought it was 
that was a good deal. Didn't know what was going to go down to two percent, but <laughs> so um, yeah. we're starting to see inventories on the market here in Rhode Island on uh, housing and things like that. So that'll impact uh, construction, will impact Home Depot purchases, impact right up the chain to uh, to our customers, and yeah. and so hopefully the uh, the Fed starts lowering the interest rates and yep. we can get back to business here. Yeah. Um, trade shows and events now that we're post AFPM always feels like this big kind of like hump like we have you know, all this planning all planning the meetings things like that and it's always nice to be on the back side of it as well so in the short term obviously supply side east coming up here soon mm-hmm. um, the APIC obviously we, we should do an episode before both these shows but uh, APIC coming up here uh, you can do the UTEC Javi we gotta, we gotta talk about that one no I'm not doing no, it no this UTEC? year yeah alright don't send Javi don't send Javi a WhatsApp about the UTEC he's not gonna be there <laughs> Um, and then some of the back half of the year, Chemicals America, the Southwestern Fertilizer Conference, EPCA, starting to think about some of these shows later on. So excited for what the rest of the year has to come with some of these shows and smaller shows, more targeted shows. Honestly, you know, I think sometimes we get just as much, if not more, out of it than like a large-scale trade show and event. So I'm, I'm excited for some of these smaller ones. Absolutely. Any final uh, questions, concerns, thoughts, feelings? Place your POs. Place POs? Place yes. POs. We need POs. Send Javi a WhatsApp. Send me a WhatsApp. WhatsApp me and I'll take your order. Yeah. <laughs> like a barista. Yeah. I like it. They make it sound so simple. Yeah. It's just like Starbucks. It is that simple. It is that simple. AJ, final questions, thoughts, concerns? Yeah. Take Send your POs. Yeah. yeah. I, I mimic Javi's uh, sentiment. I concur. <laughs> really original. Really original. Uh, Rob, any final? Send them. Send yeah. them. <laughs> what else is there? I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. yep. everybody Send, wants POs. Everyone's POs, and uh, we are not going to lose any orders. Uh, so we, we're, yep. we're, we're going to compete. We're yep. willing to compete, and uh, we're here. We're here for the long term. So that's all I have to say. Perfect. Uh, well, as always, appreciate you for listening. Appreciate all the new. Uh, I say appreciate, but obviously we got a lot more podcast swag going out there. We got the napkins over there that we had at the cocktail party. We had it on yeah, our backdrop. Yeah. Based yep. on the economy, we got to cut your budget, though, Benny. You know, so uh, yeah, that, bu- that budget's got to be cut. We got all these logos. Oh, yeah. oh my god, nice. a lot of logos. Javi had his nails done for AFPM. Javi <laughs> <laughs> oh. and Nicole went together. I was gonna say, and I even got, of course, it was. Taken off yesterday, I had the podcast logo put on, so that was fantastic. Shout out to the nail salon, the local one in Jamestown, who put the <laughs> podcast microphone. Sponsored by. Sponsored by, no, but it was a very interesting request, but they nailed it. We've got the front no, and back and stickers. No, no, no pun intended there, right? No. So they nailed it. <laughs> no, oh, no, but you know what? I guess, hey, it worked out. <laughs> so many people at AFPM asked about the logo if it was a glass of wine. They're like, is that like chemicals in a glass of wine? Because <laughs> you see it like at the bottom there. And I didn't, I, you know I didn't realize it until somebody brought up. Like, oh, yeah, not all I see is a glass of wine. Well, you know what? The, the girl at the nail salon said, is that a pill? With, and I was like, no, it's a, but you know what? I, I said, the view from Jamestown, why don't you watch it? And yeah, I guess I mean, that's what you want a logo is people to ask questions and get okay. generated interest around it, right? Like you want it to start the want. conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because we gave him the half doubt that had the logo on it. Didn't people keep asking you what the yeah, logo like, was? Yeah, like, what is the class of wine? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it, but yeah. that's what we're going for. You know, uh, start the conversation. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, as always, appreciate you for listening. We will have, uh, I think, our next. Uh, recording coming up. We'll have Kathy Hall coming on next week for her quarterly uh, Q2 recording an episode. Always interesting talking to her and, and getting her two cents on what's happening with some of the raw material markets. So looking forward to having her on next week and we'll have that episode coming out soon. Otherwise, we will uh, catch you on the next episode pre-Delhi. We'll get a, a Delhi, Delhi preview. 
uh, coming up here early May. So as always, appreciate you for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.